Welcome to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio.
Did angels question God's master plan When man fell from grace Could redemption be bought Or would the price be too great But greater still God formed a hill And on it placed a rugged tree Where only one, God's only son Could redeem you and me It was not
an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners Was slain So I'll cherish The old rugged cross Till my trophies At last I lay
This is Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio.
for this time I spend with you Gives me strength to make it through what I face Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness And all these things shall be added unto you God's kingdom and His righteousness And all these things shall be added unto you Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness And all these things shall be added unto you Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness And all these things shall be added unto you And all these things shall be added unto you surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses those who paid the price the supreme sacrifice those of whom this world were not worthy let us run 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 the race with endurance Laying aside every weight, casting aside every sin Let us run, run, fixing our eyes on the sun Looking to Him, finishing what we've begun Let us run Now you see that we are entrusted With continuing what others started They have passed the baton straight and fast Till we've won, we will run to Him who is holy So let us run with endurance laying aside every weight casting aside every sin let us run run fixing our eyes on the sun looking to him finishing what we've begun let us run oh and yes some who have stumbled, fallen. God only knows I am one. Still I press toward the goal for 
gone before. He's my reward when I am done. Let us run, run the race with endurance, laying aside every weight, casting aside every sin. Let us run, run, fixing our eyes on the sun.
You're listening to Songs of Praise.
Holy 
sharing it with me.
You're listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's Songs of Praise. Rock of ages, clap for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy river side which flowed be of sin the double cure. Cleanse me from its guilt and power, not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. Foul light to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. While I draw this fleeting breath, while my high strings break in death, when I soar to worlds unknown, see thee on thy judgment throne. Rock of ages, clap for me. Let me hide myself in thee. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore we shall sing on that beautiful shore the melodious songs of the blessed 
and our spirit shall sorrow no more. Not a sigh for the blessing of rest in the sweet shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore we shall meet on that beautiful shore Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayer, we'll turn and you will know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. I may have doubts and fears, my eyes be filled with tears, but Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. Did I go to him in prayer? He knows my every case. And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer, we'll turn in. And you know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus.
Behold what manner of love 
Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book Christ's Object Lessons, written by Ellen White, presents the parables of Jesus in a fresh light, showing their application to Christian living today. In this devotional classic, Ellen White explores the depths of the best-loved teachings of Jesus, offering a deeply spiritual understanding of the parables of Christ as they apply to our lives today. You'll enjoy the practical applications in a way that touches your heart. Listen now as Clive Nash reads. Continuing in the chapter, Asking to Give. But they were not to turn one soul away unfed. Christ directs them to the source of supply. The man whose friend came to him for entertainment, even at the unseasonable hour of midnight, did not turn him away. He had nothing to set before him, but he went to one who had food and pressed his request until the neighbour supplied his need. And would not God, who had sent his servants to feed the hungry, supply their need for his own work? But the selfish neighbour in the parable does not represent the character of God. The lesson is drawn not by comparison, but by contrast. A selfish man will grant an urgent request in order to rid himself of one who disturbs his rest. But God delights to give. He is full of compassion, and he longs to grant the requests of those who come unto him in faith. He gives to us that we may minister to others, and thus become like himself. Christ declares, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. The Saviour continues, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? In order to strengthen our confidence in God, Christ teaches us to address him by a new name, a name entwined with the dearest associations of the human heart. He gives us the privilege of calling the infinite God our Father. This name, spoken to him and of him, is a sign of our love and trust toward him, and a pledge of his regard and relationship to us. Spoken when asking his favour or blessing, it is as music in his ears. That we might not think it presumption to call him by this name, he has repeated it again and again. He desires us to become familiar with the appellation. God regards us as his children. He has redeemed us out of the careless world, and has chosen us to become members of the royal family, sons and daughters of the heavenly King. He invites us to trust in him with a trust deeper and stronger than that of a child in his earthly father. Parents love their children, but the love of God is larger, broader, deeper than human love can possibly be. It is immeasurable. Then if earthly parents know how to give good gifts to their children— How much more shall our Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 
Christ's lessons in regard to prayer should be carefully considered. There is a divine science in prayer, and his illustration brings to view principles that all need to understand. He shows what is the true spirit of prayer. He teaches the necessity of perseverance in presenting our request to God and assures us of his willingness to hear and answer prayer. Our prayers are not to be a selfish asking merely for our own benefit. We are to ask that we may give. The principle of Christ's life must be the principle of our lives. For their sake, he said, speaking of his disciples, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified. John 17 verse 19. The same devotion, the same self-sacrifice, the same subjection to the claims of the word of God that were manifest in Christ must be seen in his servants. Our mission to the world is not to serve or please ourselves. We are to glorify God by cooperating with him to save sinners. We are to ask blessings from God that we may communicate to others. The capacity for receiving is preserved only by imparting. We cannot continue to receive heavenly treasure without communicating to those around us. In the parable, the petitioner was again and again repulsed, but he did not relinquish his purpose. So our prayers do not always seem to receive an immediate answer. But Christ teaches that we should not cease to pray. Prayer is not to work any change in God. It is to bring us into harmony with God. When we make request of Him, He may see that it is necessary for us to search our hearts and repent of sin. Therefore, He takes us through test and trial. He brings us through humiliation, that we may see what hinders the working of His Holy Spirit through us. There are conditions to the fulfillment of God's promises, and prayer can never take the place of duty. If ye love me, Christ says, keep my commandments. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. John 14, verses 15 and 21. Those who bring their petitions to God claiming his promise while they do not comply with the conditions, insult Jehovah. They bring the name of Christ as their authority for the fulfillment of the promise, but they do not those things that would show faith in Christ and love for him. Many are forfeiting the condition of acceptance with the Father. We need to examine closely the deed of trust wherewith we approach God. If we are disobedient, we bring to the Lord a note to be cashed when we have not fulfilled the conditions that would make it payable to us. We present to God His promises and ask Him to fulfill them when by so doing He would dishonor His own name. The promise is, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. John 15 verse 7 And John declares, Hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. 1 John 2, verses 3-5 to One of Christ's last commands to his disciples was, Love one another as I have loved you. John 13, verse 34 do we obey this command, 
or are we indulging sharp, unchristlike traits of character? If we have in any way grieved or wounded others, it is our duty to confess our fault and seek for reconciliation. This is an essential preparation that we may come before God in faith to ask His blessing. There is another matter too often neglected by those who seek the Lord in prayer. Have you been honest with God? By the prophet Malachi, the Lord declares, Even from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Malachi 3, verses 7 and 8. As the giver of every blessing, God claims a certain portion of all we possess. This is his provision to sustain the preaching of the gospel. And by making this return to God, we are to show our appreciation of his gifts. But if we withhold from him that which is his own, how can we claim his blessing? If we are unfaithful stewards of earthly things, how can we expect him to entrust us with the things of heaven? It may be that here is the secret of unanswered prayer. But the Lord in his great mercy is ready to forgive, and he says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. So it is with every other one of God's requirements. All his gifts are promised on condition of obedience. God has a heaven full of blessings for those who will cooperate with him. All who obey him may with confidence claim the fulfillment of his promises. But we must show a firm, undeviating trust in God. Often he delays to answer us in order to try our faith or test the genuineness of our desire. Having asked according to his word, we should believe his promise and press our petitions with a determination that will not be denied. God does not say, Ask once and you shall receive. He bids us ask. Unwearyingly persist in prayer. The persistent asking brings the petitioner into a more earnest attitude and gives him an increased desire to receive the things for which he asks. Christ said to Martha at the grave of Lazarus, If thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. John 11 verse 40 But many have not a living faith. This is why they do not see more of the power of God. Their weakness is the result of their unbelief. They have more faith in their own working than in the working of God for them. They take themselves into their own keeping. They plan and devise, but pray little and have little real trust in God. They think they have faith, but it is only the impulse of the moment. Failing to realize their own need or God's willingness to give, they do not persevere in keeping their requests before the Lord. Our prayers are to be as earnest and persistent 
as was the petition of the needy friend who asked for the loaves at midnight. The more earnestly and steadfastly we ask, the closer will be our spiritual union with Christ. We shall receive increased blessings because we have increased faith. Our part is to pray and believe. Watch unto prayer. Watch and cooperate with the prayer here in God. Bear in mind that we are laborers together with God. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 Speak and act in harmony with your prayers. It will make an infinite difference with you whether trial shall prove your faith to be genuine or show that your prayers are only a form. When perplexities arise and difficulties confront you, look not for help to humanity. Trust all with God. The practice of telling our difficulties to others only makes us weak and brings no strength to them. It lays upon them the burden of our spiritual infirmities, which they cannot relieve. We seek the strength of erring finite man when we might have the strength of the unerring infinite God. You need not go to the ends of the earth for wisdom, for God is near. It is not the capabilities you now possess, or ever will have, that will give you success. It is that which the Lord can do for you. We need to have far less confidence in what man can do, and far more confidence in what God can do for every believing soul. He longs to have you reach after him by faith. He longs to have you expect great things from him. He longs to give you understanding in temporal as well as in spiritual matters. He can sharpen the intellect. He can give tact and skill. Put your talents into the work. Ask God for wisdom, and it will be given you. Take the word of Christ as your assurance. Has he not invited you to come unto him? Never allow yourself to talk in a hopeless, discouraged way. If you do, you will lose much. By looking at appearances and complaining when difficulties and pressure come, you give evidence of a sickly, enfeebled faith. Talk and act as if your faith was invincible. The Lord is rich in resources. He owns the world. Look heavenward in faith. Look to him who has light and power and efficiency. Join us again next time as Clive Nash continues to read from the book Christ's Object Lessons, written by Ellen G. White. Enjoy the short presentation of how God led His people after the Reformation from lineagejourney.com. Ellen White didn't just provide instruction to the church and individuals in it, but she also received visions that dealt with real life issues and events in contemporary society in her day. She lived during the Civil War and received visions on this before and during the war. If we rewind a few years, we see that the Great Awakening was linked with the abolition movement. And in fact, all the early Adventist pioneers were abolitionists. 
the issue of slavery would come to a head in the Civil War and God would have his say on this terrible institution. South Carolina would be the first state to secede on the 20th of December, 1860. And 23 days later, Ellen White would have her first Civil War vision in Parkville, Michigan, here in this church. It's unlikely that she knew that in the three days before her vision, three more states would secede. But either way, it would be three months before the Civil War started when the Confederate forces fired on Fort Sumter in South Carolina after the Union forces had previously taken it over. The conventional wisdom in the North was that there would be no civil war, or if that there was, it would be extremely short with a quick victory for the Union. Ellen White correctly predicted that there would be war, that there would be a long war, and that people in her audience that day would lose sons in the war. Her second Civil War vision happened here in the Roosevelt Seventh-day Adventist Church in New York State on August the 3rd, 1861. She was standing behind this very pulpit, though it would have been located on the other side of the church. She saw that slavery was a sin and that upholding it was in direct contrast to the teachings of Christ. She also saw that God was using the Civil War to punish both sides the South for practicing slavery and the North for so long suffering its overreaching and overbearing influence. Perhaps most fascinating of all was her insight into the Battle of Manassas, sometimes called the Battle of Bull Run. On July the 21st, 1861, the Northern troops approached Manassas for the first time, expecting a swift victory as they were in the ascendancy. At one point in the battle, they were pushing ahead, when as Ellen White describes, an angel descended from heaven to the battlefield and waved his hand backwards. Instantly, there was confusion in the ranks. The Northern forces thought they were in retreat when it was not so in reality, but a retreat commenced. Lieutenant Colonel W.W. Blackford writing later says that the lines of blue that had been so well defined and unbroken suddenly became like a swarm of bees running away as fast as they could. Many American Civil War historians recognize a mysterious element in this battle, though virtually all understandably fail to see a supernatural element in its genesis. Today at the battlefield of Manassas, you can see the various plaques that dot the field that recount the sudden retreat of the Northern troops and an unlikely victory that was won that day for the South. Then her angel explained that God had this nation in his own hand and would not allow victories to be gained faster than he ordained. The North was not to be allowed to win a quick, decisive battle, thus bringing an abrupt end to the war, because it would be punished for condoning slavery before the war and also for not making abolition the principal ethical issue in the war. This vision shows how God involves himself in the affairs of men and does not stand idly by as we sometimes feel.
The prophetic gift was given to address a major social and political issue of the day, showing the relevancy and practical side of it. Today there are some that say as Christians we shouldn't get involved in social issues but should just preach the gospel. But whilst preaching the gospel we should seek to do justly, love mercy and walk humbly with our God. Some of the issues that have been around for centuries are still around in our day and as Christians we should seek to fight injustice and seek mercy for others. May our religion be practical and meet the needs of society, demonstrating the love of God wherever we are. To view more episodes in this series, visit lineagejourney.com.